Welcome to the Be Ruthless Show, where we have the conversations that other people don't, the conversations that other people won't. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and I'm ready to make a lot of noise and disrupt things ruthlessly. Thanks for being here today. Now let's get to it. Welcome back to the Be Ruthless Show. I'm your host, Sam Ruth. Joining me today is Maddie Ballman, Hi. wife, soon-to-be mom, creative yeah. director, badass. She just gave me all these credentials of things she's been featured in that I didn't remember. Um, something number one in Charleston. Uh, I was top 15 web designers in North Charleston, South Carolina. Yeah. Went into business at the age of 18. Runs an amazing team. Uh, overall, amazing human. Here to join us to talk about how we connected when I ran across the room like a crazy person and gave you my card. Mm -hmm. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I do do those things. Uh, you stood up in a room full of people and said that you don't like speaking in public. No, not at all. And you told pretty personal stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a dare to dream, um, which was a fantastic event. And yeah, I've met a lot of really great people. I mean, a lot of people that uh, you met or that you've had on the podcast too and made lasting relationships, obviously. So <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, out of everyone, they, like not everyone stood up, not everyone shared. Um, so yes, amazing. Like, but that's what made me run over and give you my business card, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't do that with everyone there. Everyone was pretty amazing, mm -hmm. but you have a powerful story. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, specifically at Dare to Dream, I, um, you know, obviously we were all there one to support Kate Butler, but also to attend her like empowerment weekend essentially. And I felt empowered and I was like, Oh, I, I've been thinking about this helping uh, young adults be graphic designers. And I've been trying all these things and everything that I try to do doesn't work. Like I was trying to teach at a local technical high school here in Connecticut and um, it just didn't work out. And I felt bummed about that. And, you know, I was thinking about being a mentor and all of these things. And then finally, out of the blue, I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And I got a message right after I told myself that while we were on lunch. And um, it was a local high school here that said, hey, I have like several classrooms worth of students that want to be graphic designers. Do you want to come speak? I was like, oh my gosh, okay, sure. <laughs> so I told Kate and she asked me to come up to the stage, which, you know, was out of my comfort zone, but <laughs> uh, I did it. So whatever works. And we were discussing how we connected and you had this moment, but that's how quickly manifestation in this world happens. And yeah. I'm a person who didn't believe in it before. Mm -hmm. uh, so you make a thought you hadn't spoken yet. You just decided you would. Well, yeah. So when I came back from lunch um, after having, you know, that email sent to me asking if I wanted to speak for high schoolers, I went straight to Kate. Like, you will not believe what just happened. 
<laughs> she goes, do you want to speak about it? I was like, I, sure, I guess. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned the manifestation thing, though, because uh, actually one of the things that I manifested that I was unsure about, like, was becoming a mom. And the week after I came back is when I found out I was pregnant. So <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. Unless you believe in all of it. I mean, yeah. you didn't get pregnant there. It obviously had already <laughs> happened, but yeah, either way, but, um, but yeah, so everything just kept on falling into place for me then. And then I kind of uh, made a plan to become a mentor and to help to actually help uh, young designers and try my hardest to do whatever I can to be able to do that. Um, but one of the reasons why I wanted to do that is because I didn't really have a good role model, I guess, for specifically graphic design. But at the same time, you know, I wish I had an older sibling because I get called the older sister of a lot of my relationships because I give out tough love. <laughs> People come to me with their problems and I have to clean it up all the time. Um, I'm the oldest of seven. So all of my younger sisters always come to me with boy problems, parent problems, you name it. But, you know, I've taken that role in my life and I feel fulfilled in it. So I wanted to uh, start the whole mentorship thing. So that kind of was like a catalyst to be able to get there. Um, but yeah, manifestation. <laughs> I guess knowing that you have seven younger siblings explains part of it, but not too many people start their own business at 18 years old. Yeah. Have it, have it successful at that. Um, so how does that happen? So I think um, to clarify, I'm the oldest of seven between my biological father and my the the man who raised me, my dad. Um, I only grew up with three of them, um, and I didn't I didn't learn about the other ones until later on in life. And that was one of the hardships that I had as a teenager is figuring out, you know, oh, <laughs> I have all of these other things that I need to worry about, you know. So I think that was one of the things that made me, when I was a teenager at least, because, you know, we're all teen angsty, <laughs> reckless, dumb kind of thing. But, you know, your hormones, you want to figure out who you are. All these things are happening at once. And unfortunately for me, I had a lot of those things happen at once. And I had an abusive boyfriend. I was still in the same town that I grew up in, you know, stuff like that. So all the drama was still there all the time. And when I went to college, I, com I commuted. So I lived in Somerville, South Carolina for a while. Um, and I went to school at Charleston Southern University for graphic design. And thankfully for me, our design program was so small that we were able to have one-on-one -on -one time with our with our professors and I was able to spend a lot of my time in the graphic design labs because we were in the basement. We had our own rooms and everything. It was great. Um, and one of the things that I didn't want was to work for corporate America. So why would I try, you know? So one of the things that I'm very thankful for is uh, when my, all of our professors were really good about, you know, 
either take the career route and go corporate America, small business, whatever you want to do, or you can do freelance. And I really leaned into freelance. So that's kind of what started it. Um, but I think on a deeper level, it was more so I wanted to escape from all the chaos <laughs> elsewhere. So I was able to spend a lot of nights getting locked in the basement <laughs> of CSU because I was there for too long or something like that. And, you know, between, I wish I still had this energy, but between full-time school, work at a local restaurant, internships and freelancing, I was covered, you know, I was covered with my brain. So I didn't have to think about the bad stuff going on. And I won't like get too far into that, but it's, it's hard. It really is. Especially when you're a teenager and you don't know what's going on and you don't know how to handle things. And at the time I wasn't in therapy. I wasn't doing anything about my mental health. I didn't understand it. So I think a lot of the reason why it started to begin with was just to escape. And now I'm a workaholic. <laughs> so some of those traits don't go away. Yeah, for sure. What would you say to the teenagers, young adults, with the way the world is trending and things like 988 becoming a little bit more socially acceptable? Yeah. There's still tons of stigmas, but this generation is the one changing it. Yeah. Um, it you know, I mean, really, truly, CU Boulder here out in Colorado students are doing things that make me proud to be in this field. Yeah. So I feel like if there's someone going through it at your age, certainly an option to work it away and to busy it away. Um, yeah. but I believe that it still shows up somewhere, somehow, sometime. So yeah. with things moving in that direction, what would you say to those people with today's options available? So I would say if I went back to when I first started the business and when I was in that time period of being, you know, my dark and dreary self, um, <laughs> I would say if you are self-aware enough, then you need to accept that you have a problem and that something is bothering you. Um, because I was a bunch of my issue is I had, I, I knew that I had a problem, but between like not really having the resources or knowing about the resources available for me to go on campus and use the counseling services, even if it didn't work out, like none of, not all of my counselors worked out, trust me, and they don't. And, you know, I have a great one now, but I've gone through some really, really bad ones and it takes time. Um, I wish I didn't beat myself up as much as I did because, you know, I was perfectly valid in everything and I was perfectly capable of doing everything that I didn't think that I was going to be able to do. And then on top of that, you know, with, with depression and anxiety comes suicidal thoughts and stuff too. And I wish that I had the resources or I, I guess taught myself since I didn't think I had the resources, how to get myself out of that funk. Um, yeah, that was, that was a really hard time in my life. And, you know, obviously it came and turned into motivation instead of something 
that was like maybe drugs or alcohol or something like that. But um, but a lot of people fall into that. And I, I try to tell people if they are going through something like that, you know, it's it's OK. This is just a phase, you know, comparatively now, if I did anything when I was a teenager or when I was way younger, you know, I wouldn't be here today welcoming welcoming my first child into the world any day now. <laughs> and, you know, there's so many good things that came out of it, like the relationships that I've built, the husband that I have now, he's amazing. Um, the people I work with are amazing. You know, I wouldn't have all of these things if I had just given into, yes, I need help. Yes, I can do this. Um, but instead I did fall into like a victim mindset of, you know, nothing's ever going to get better. <laughs> My life sucks. <laughs> and it's easy to do that, I think, but. I, I think we're human. We can all do that. You touched on something really important. Mm -hmm. I was just a guest on a podcast before this, and I made a point of saying uh, people are interviewing me. You have to find the right therapist. And you are allowed to say, no, thank you. Um, like, I never, ever, ever at the end of a first appointment say, when are you coming back? Or let's make the next appointment. Because some people will just feel obligated and schedule. And, yeah. and I know that. And I yeah. don't want anyone to be afraid to say no. So I want you to leave make your own decision, but other people run it differently. So people need to know, and it's not fun bouncing around, but they need to know they're in charge, like 100% in charge. Yeah. And, and actually it took probably I'm on, I'm on my like sixth therapist right now. And it took up to six people to give me a proper diagnosis of PTSD rather than just, oh, you're manically depressed. You have anxiety. Well, let's treat it with talk therapy. You know, it it wasn't that this whole time. <laughs> so, you know, it takes it takes a, a while. But like on the mental health side of things, you know, obviously, like I said, it it rooted from some things that have happened in my past in my childhood that while we're working over and we're paving the way toward like away from those things they still happened and they still shaped me into who I am but I'm glad that it went into motivation rather than drugs and alcohol and partying and all of that stuff because that's not healthy either you know but yeah I say I am just I just say I'm a chicken shit that's how I avoided that any wisdom for you that Helped you stay, you know, away from that lane? Yeah. Um, don't think about it. Just do it. Um, that was the big thing with uh, my business specifically. Like I was thinking about, oh, well, I can do this instead. Oh, well, I can do that instead. Um, I can I can work on my business today instead of thinking about stuff. And sometimes you get wrapped up in your mind so much. And you're like, well, I should do this. Well, I should do that. That would help me. Um, but just stop thinking about it. Just do it. Like you have a laundry list of things to do in your brain. Just do them. That's all you can do. <laughs> You're not going to get over something if you don't just do it. So that was the big piece of advice that I got from 
I think it was like 18 when I got that. But yeah. You mentioned connecting with your professors. Mm-hmm. That to me is hugely important for so many reasons, not only your future recommendation letters or also yeah. your mental health. For sure. Yeah. There was times where I, uh, <laughs> we had three professors in our department. There, there were more that were like extra for art classes and stuff, but um, one of them I use as a mentor <laughs> now one of them is my ultimate hype man. And the other one uh, was like a mother figure to me in, in college for a lot of the times. I remember once <laughs> I, there was a desk in the hallway outside of their offices. They called it Maddie's office because I always sat there. <laughs> and uh, there was one day where I was just, you could see it in my face that I was going through something really awful. I can't remember what it was now, but um, the mother figure <laughs> she looked outside of her office and she's like, Hey, come in here. <laughs> like, okay. So I went into our office. I closed the door. I laid on the floor and I just sobbed. <laughs> and that was the relationship that I needed, you know, and, and a lot of people don't have that in their, in their universities. And I'm very, very, very thankful that I had that, especially during that time, because on top of that, I had the people there to support me in the bad times and when I wanted to grow my business and when I had good times and when I needed a hype man, you know what I mean? So having those people in, in my corner was detrimental to everything, my success, everything like that. And of course I had fam family and friends and all of that, but I really credit a lot of my success to that program because it was just so one-on-one -on -one with us and it was so tailored towards what we needed um, whether that means our mental or our career. So, yeah. So again, high school, college, whatever stage you're in, I'm always encouraging my clients and, and many don't love it. There's this anxiety. It's something we have, we have to practice anything to get better, but this big, bad teacher this, you know, this big, powerful person who has control over our grade and our future is a human being that cares about us if we let them become a person. Mm -hmm. And so however it has to be done with someone helping you initiate a three-way email, if mom and dad have to, what, like developing that connection with at least some one or two people plays a key role. And I went to Michigan with 30,000 undergrad. Mm -hmm. I still found favorite professors because I, you need people to make a big campus small. Yeah. And that's exactly what I want to do though, with the mentorship stuff. Um, I don't know if teaching in a high school capacity is for me. Um, I do think that teaching collegiate would be really cool, but I want to be that for people too, because I had that, you know? So that was, that was a big part of that whole dare to dream event was thinking about that, thinking about my future, what I want to do. Cause I mean, I'm only 25, <laughs> I'm a whole life ahead of me, you know, I know, but you know, I've, I've had to be an adult from a young age and now I'm progressed and I'm always looking for the next thing. And when I went to dare to dream, I didn't know what I wanted to get out of it, but that's what I got out of it. So, yeah.
So <laughs> professors, universities listening, that's an option. True. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, they joke all the time and said that if I ever wanted to come, come home to Charleston, cause we're military. So we moved to Connecticut, but, um, if I ever wanted to come home to Charleston and be an adjunct professor, then I can. It's like, you guys are hilarious. <laughs> me? Nobody would listen to me. <laughs> I'm 25. Most of the people are older than me. Have you sometimes. met What was that? Have you met you? Mm, no. <laughs> people listen. Yeah. We'll see. Um, we I have done more towards the mentorship thing though. Um, so there is a artist skilled, um, the American Institute of Graphic Artists or the AIGA. Um, they have a chapter in every, almost every big city and then almost every state as well. It's for graphic designers. Um, I can't think of like an equivalent on something else, but it's, it's a graphic artist skilled. And, um, I actually was asked to be a mentor. So I currently have a mentee and she's awesome. Her and I align a lot. So that was really cool to see. Um, I'm hoping to start a mentorship program when I come back from maternity leave. Um, so hopefully with all of that said, you know, I will be able to help those kids because that's what we are. <laughs> We're just a bunch of kids, <laughs> um, you know, help them change change their life if they want, like change their life if they want that kind of route, if that makes sense. Um, freelancing or being an agency owner like I am or something like that. Um, but that's the main goal is to use everything that I've been through towards motivation rather than continuing in misery, you know, which is why I said the other day, since, you know, we work together. <laughs> um, since that's why I said the other day, you know, I think it, I think a good title would be misery to motivation because that's essentially what it is. And a lot of kids go through it. It's not just me. There's people all, all over the place that are struggling with things that are unfathomable, uh, unfathomable and they don't know what to do. And if they happen to want to be in the creative industry, I want to help them. You know what I mean? So let's define creative industry because up until a few years ago, I would have told you I am not at all creative. I didn't consider writing creative, right? Yeah. So let's let's clarify here. Mm -hmm. So the creative industry is anybody who actively creates. That's my eyes, at least. You know, obviously, like you said, there's there's all kinds of different um, variations of what people would think as far as a creative industry. But personally, I think anybody who creates crafty people, um, content creators, so streamers, podcast people, writers, um, artists, obviously, graphic designers, anybody who has to use some kind of artistic ability um, to create something for entertainment or for me, it's marketing. Um, I think that that would be a better different like a better definition of the creative industry now. Um, but yeah, it's changing <laughs> all the time. So <laughs> I wouldn't have known that you are doing this. So I'm so glad you're sharing it because I, there's so many people in my universe to send you. I yeah. wouldn't 
want to send them. Who was I talking? I was just talking with someone the other day about a field that you would think was like mental health, where you would have compassionate. And yeah. I thought I was talking to somebody about computers. You know, like if you're adding that compassion to website stuff. Well, the problem is in my industry is that a lot of people in let's let's say the business side of the creative industry, so marketing and um, stuff like that. A lot of people lack the empathy and compassion, and that's how I've gotten to be very close with people, and that's how I've gotten to be close with my demographic is because they value an empathetic and compassionate approach. There was one time. I can't remember what it was. Um, one of my clients, they were having an issue with another company. And I looked for advice on forums of how to how to approach it professionally because I knew that it was wrong. And like ethic ethically, my morals kind of wrong. Everything is subjective. But people were like, I wouldn't care. They're paying you to redo it. I wouldn't care that other company is just screwing them over. That has nothing to do with you. And I'm like, they, you should stand up for your clients. <laughs> you should stand up for people because that's how they know that, first of all, you're backing them up. And second of all, that they know that they've been screwed over by someone else and either something needs to be done or they need to fix it or something like that. Just, because if you're if you're screwing people over in the marketing world, some things can be several thousand dollars. I mean, you know that. And someone's dishing out money into a company that's using them, and I know that, then I'm gonna call them out. <laughs> but they're like, what does it matter? They're getting money, you're getting money. Like, no, that's not how that works. <laughs> it took until Ruthless in the Rockies. For this to sink in, I've been in my field for over 25 years. Yeah. People have told me for 25 plus years that I go above and beyond for my clients. And I'm like, this is just my, like, this is what you're supposed to, like, in my head, this yeah. is how it's done. Mm -hmm. It's not how anybody else does it. It's how I believe it should be done worldwide. But no, but same thing. Like, it's how you believe it should be done. Nobody else does it that way. It sets you apart big time. Yeah. Really does. And it's it, and some people value other things. So I'm not saying that one way is wrong or one way is not. But, you know, personally, I would prefer to build relationships with people. Because the relationships that I've built with people put me where I am today. They put me in a good position with my clients, in a good position with my team. You know, my team always knows that I'm going to back them up. My clients always know I'm going to back them up. Um, and I would rather have that kind of trust. You know, it's a like, no trust factor um, to be able to build relationships with people. So I would rather have that than be a money grabber and be like, oh, your website's done. Money, please. See you later. <laughs> Like, I would rather build relationships with people and ask people, how are you doing first before how do we need to approach this next project? You know what I mean? It's just, it's better for me. If it's not for everyone, then it's not for everyone. And that's okay. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. Like, empathy and compassion go much, much longer <laughs> than, 
working with you, I can say like, you care about not only me, but you care about what's best for my business. If I bring mm -hmm. something up, you'll tell me let's that's for January, March, what, you know, you're not going to let me do something that's not right for right now or at all. Right. And there are other people that might not care. Yeah. Well, and a, and a lot of it is just looking out for the overload. You know, I wouldn't know that you can get overloaded sometimes if I didn't ask or if you didn't tell me or if I didn't care, you know. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, yes, pile all of this stressful new stuff on someone just so I can get money. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I could easily do that. <laughs> but I'm not going to because, first of all, it diminishes quality. And second of all, I don't want to stress you out. You already have enough going on. We all do. So take it one day at a time. It's okay. <laughs> We're going to get through it <laughs> kind of thing. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why people are like that. And like I said, that's okay if they are, but it's not for me. Right. And I think it sets you with anybody who I would be working with. That's what they would be looking for. I don't want like... It's kind of why I refer to the doctors I refer to. If somebody does need medication, then I don't want you to, there are doctors who will see you for five minutes and you can leave. Mm -hmm. There are also doctors who will do this and get to know you and still give you what you need. And I prefer those just like yeah. I prefer somebody, I mean, you're running, I don't care about a website, but the rest of the world does. Like you're running a large part of what matters to my business it kind of matters that you care about me and my business. It's true. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and that's, you know, I don't know. I'm just not, not a money chaser. I mean, we talk about this a lot. <laughs> We're undercharging. <laughs> we do that a lot. And, you know, we shouldn't, but at the same time, you know, we just care so much. I think that's, I think that's a lot of the good reason why we work and we work well together too. But yeah, I mean, it's people like you that I want to help people who actually give a shit, you know? <laughs> so. What um, you, another thing that you posted a while ago, I've been wanting to do this forever. You're having a baby who knows what life will look like. Yeah. You didn't get to have graduation and you posted in a way that was so powerful. I made such a huge deal about this during COVID and people made fun of me. Um, grief is grief. Endings, not having an end. To me, that was a big deal. So you worked hard. You didn't get to celebrate. Yeah, that was rough. So in, in our college, we have a portfolio show every year for the seniors. And I remember my first year, um, they had their first portfolio show. And you get a booth you make all of these branded items you get business cards and stickers and t-shirts and you show off your portfolio actually it's funny because i found my portfolio you like you get this like physical portfolio that you get your pages printed i had it this is like custom engraved with my logo on it and i was so excited and planning it for years and then i remember going home for spring break and never coming back because of COVID. And obviously like we needed to stay safe, but we were supposed to have our portfolio show the following month. 
we were working on our portfolios. We were doing all the things and I had a job lined up, you know, I had a really good job lined up and it wasn't freelancing, but it was a good job and I lost it. And so one thing after another just kept on falling off my plate. No work, then no school. Well, we had school, but they gave us pity A's. So <laughs> it was like, we don't know how to do this. I don't know what we're doing, you know, because everybody was freaking out. Zoom wasn't really a thing. I mean, it was, but it wasn't like the best. Um, yeah, and then graduation rolled around. Man, that week sucked. My 22nd birthday <laughs> was that Tuesday. And it was Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Maddie, sorry. This is what we, we joke about it and we call it. Um, I was turning 22 on a Tuesday. And it was Taco Tuesday on Cinco de Mayo. So it was like the perfect thing. I couldn't celebrate really. Like I, I hung out with my roommates. And we had a couple of friends that we knew were quarantined over. But couldn't do anything. <laughs> um, then that weekend, we... We went to Myrtle Beach to one of my roommate's um, beach houses just to be somewhere else because we were locked inside all day, every day. At this point, I had fully started my business and all of my clients got lost, so I wasn't doing anything. Um, and that weekend, uh, we were supposed to graduate and the live stream came up. They, they were like, don't worry, we got you. We're still going to honor you. And none of the names for any of the graduates were in the live stream. So it was because it was pre-recorded. And they forgot to put them in. Um, and so we were kind of just sitting there like, well, <laughs> this is our life. This is how we're going to deal with it. And we had the opportunity, I think, in 2021 to go and walk again. But at that point, you know, I don't know. I don't want to go and sit in 90 degree heat in Charleston, South Carolina <laughs> and go walk across a stage that I should have walked the year prior, but it sucked. We worked so hard for that <laughs> and it didn't happen. <laughs> so yeah, it was just one thing after another that year, but you know what? I met my husband that year. That was good. <laughs> But the world's reaction, like me thinking this is a huge deal. We need to yeah. do, there's high school, college, all over the world, people going through this. Eh, you're being silly. That's kind of how I feel the world is with grief, period. Yeah, I agree. Um, or there's this little window that you're allowed to feel. And then, um, and so your post, even now, later, was powerful to me because people don't talk about it and it needs to be. And yeah. so to all of your, like, let's do something, let's have a part, let's do it better late than never. It's not going to be the same, but you do deserve to be celebrated. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Did the school do anything? They, they fixed it. Uh, they fixed the live stream and they made it a little bit better. So that was good. Um, it was about a month later. Um, so that was good. Yeah. And then, like I said, we had the opportunity. If they, if we wanted to walk, then we could. But I opted out of it. I didn't care. Um, like I said, I didn't want to sit in 90-degree heat. 
in my black gown and my cap and stuff but we still did the little things though um so like my my roommate at the time was a photographer well she still is a photographer but no longer my roommate um she took my pictures downtown charleston it was a really fun little excursion thing that we did um we still made it the best that we could so yes we were grieving you know the end of our college chapter the way that we wanted it to and we expected it to go but at the same time you know there were so many good things that came out of it too that it made it a little bit easier um then one of my other roommates got engaged a couple of months later that was a lot of fun uh, we got to make like a whole trip out of it and obviously within quarantine guidelines with masks and all of that but that was a lot of fun um like i said i had met my husband at that time and I was taking him away from some grief that he was experiencing with, you know, he lost his brother a couple of years ago and that was really hard. And we were able to move through that together. Um, and like just being in the military in general, especially nuclear program, like, like he's in, that was a lot. It is a lot. It's very stressful. I can't, I don't think I would ever be able to do what he does, but you know, we were able to find, motivation out of being miserable look at that <laughs> so yeah all that said yeah oh him but i your love is like my favorite love you guys <laughs> he seems the best so i would say like yeah you know if it was a little bit of a covid year before that was the rainbow at the end yeah for sure good one yeah yeah, and we're so excited to welcome our little dude into the world. Just got his nursery all fixed up. And the only thing that needs done now is just putting his car seat in the car. It'll be good. Now, I'm going to be mad if I miss Thanksgiving because <laughs> it's my favorite holiday. <laughs> but it'll be fun. Universe. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I mean, I would have laughed at me before, but I believe it now. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah else you want people to know about you that i'm not asking oh god i don't know i'm not very good at talking about myself um yeah <laughs> i mean i guess i guess like wrapped up thought is you know you're never you're never going to be stuck in one place for a long time and whether that means that a long time is a year or a month or a week, you know, you're allowed to feel what you feel. You're allowed to do what you can to get through it. But in the long run, you should always try your damnedest to be as positive as possible. Because if, if it weren't for me finding hope in business or in my significant other at the time, or something like that, then I wouldn't be here. And I'm so much happier. And I'm so glad that I was able to get through all that stuff, because it truly is just a chapter. Like, have you ever read a book that you love so much, and you get through the entire book, and you're like, Oh, God, it's done. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like that, like life just goes like that. So even if you're struggling, it's it's going to be fine. <laughs> it's going to be okay. 
and there's no timeline for anything. So just do what you can, you know, but you know that. And other people may not know that. We all feel like no, like art, no one else knows our exact story, but there are people who can relate in some way and make life less painful. Um, So letting them in, whoever that might be, is a great step. How do people find you? After um, so I am on Instagram as by dot Maddie dot May. It's B Y dot M A D I dot M A E. Um, that's my personal uh, Instagram, or that's my personal business Instagram, I guess. And then I'm actually myself. I'm in a process of rebranding and remarketing and doing all the strategies two days before I'm supposed to go on maternity leave. <laughs> so you can understand what it's been going on in the cogs in the back of my head. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm in the process of doing all that as well, but my, my website for branding and stuff is uh, maycreative.graphics because I'm fancy and I don't own a.com. So, <laughs> but yeah, those are the two places. Um, I'm always open for DMS and open to talk to anybody who's struggling um, especially in the creative business. Cause it's a hard, it's very hard right now. Finding jobs, especially is very hard right now. Um, you know, or just being an asset to people who may relate to me or something like that. I'd be happy to sit down and talk with them. I will put it all in the show notes, make creative graphics, something Maddie dot do Instagram again by Maddie may with dots in between. Got it. Yep. Thank you so much for spending time with us right before you are having a baby. Yep. You you do. Thank you for keeping me sane. (laughs) Uh, To everybody listening, until next time, always be ruthless. Thanks so much for listening today. Your support means everything to me, truly. If this podcast resonates with you, please do me a favor and join in the Ruthless Movement by making some noise and doing one of these four things. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Tell a friend so we can break stigmas even faster. Leave a review so people can see what you think of the show. And last, if you want to learn more about me and be a part of the Grief Hub community, please head on over to the Facebook group. We'd love to have you. Thanks again for spending your time with us and see you next week.